Twilio friends and family. Um, on a day where Twilio stock is up 25%, I find myself in the same place that I was when Strategic Financial Solutions in New York City emailed me back and said that I would not be a good fit at their establishment. It is a rough day at Virginia Tech. It is a rough day for Hokie Nation. But as always, we will kick this off with a hokey haiku. Maybe maybe that'll change the mood. Maybe that'll make us feel a little bit better. Pat, I know you wrote us a flowery hokey haiku. Let's hear it. I got to be honest, guys. This hokey haiku is miserable. Oh, no. But first, we got to give some major kudos to our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Jeremy Counts, the gang Lord over there. Lord Jeremy. Lord Jeremy Counts, the friendly staff. They're on Main Street. Go check them out. We put we're, we're putting their watermark on our uh, on our videos that we're putting out. Uh, so that's awesome. But you know, if you need if you need a Kleenex from today's events, if you need hand sanitizer, if you are looking for toilet paper or any other COVID nineteen coronavirus quarantine isolation essentials, they got it there. Go in. They'll greet you with a smile behind a mask. And uh, yeah, here's the haiku. Sad, 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 sad. Upset, upset, sad, upset. Sad, 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 sad. That uh, that just about sums up what's going on right now. Um, obviously, uh, we have brought in the recruiting guru, Matei Sis, who is joining us now. My brother in mustache, my brother in mustache here, um, rocking the stash Lino, um, and we're here to talk a little, uh, little crouton of or uh, lack thereof crouton. So here we are to uh, chop it up, Matei. How you doing? I've had better days for sure. This is one of those days that you write down in the anvils of history. You know, over over the course of six years, you know, there's been some tumultuous times with recruiting and, you know, this is just another one of those days, but you know, we're here, we're making it happen. We got to deal with it just the same. Matei, just for people that may not follow it as much or people that have forgotten, cause it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to remember that 14 days ago, I mean, we were the 19th overall class in America. I mean, you know, I'm doing, me and Pat are doing the one arm up, one arm down, you know, celebration station dance that we do. Um, We were kind of like, yo, who's next? Like, you know, who's the next guy jumping in the boat? We got eyeball emojis. We got gifts. We got excitement. It's awesome. We got Al Jones. We're like, yo, you might need to make like a Hawaii to VT edit. Like, I don't know where the next guy's coming from. And, And here we are. So just take us through what has the last three weeks been for you? A lot of typing, a lot of figuring stuff out. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, three weeks ago, if you told me today was coming, I wouldn't believe you. I mean, it's been it's been such a weird ride to get to this point. And we were talking about dominoes falling the right way. We were talking about, you know, some of these guys finally deciding to commit publicly. And, you know, it was all supposed to start. Justice Reed, he committed. You know, the next commit was supposed to be Philip Riley. Uh, who had eight crystal ball selections to Virginia Tech. Um, And then it just, you know, recruiting happens. It's such a a fluid art almost. And, uh, you know, things happen behind the scenes. And 
Uh, a lot of decisions were made, and unfortunately, they all went against Virginia Tech, and the dominoes just fell the wrong way. From what we, uh, from what we had heard and what we had talked about, Pat, I mean, we were like, yo, Philip Riley, he's in the boat. Like, you know, it's between us and Washington. I wasn't even thinking about the middle of the country. Um, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then Notre Dame comes out of nowhere and swoops a kid up who, for all that we knew, was uh, interested in taking his visits, getting to see different campuses. And, and that was kind of the, the, the lay of the land there. And it just kind of brings into question, Pat, what is going through a kid's mind right now with COVID-19? And, and, and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of saying, well, tech is not doing well because of COVID-19 because every school is dealing with it. But think about it from a mental position of where these kids are. Kind of talk me through what you think these kids are going through right now. Yeah, so I'm just – I was bothered by his commitment to Notre Dame for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, one being obviously, you know, once Steve Wiltfong's crystal ball goes in and then seven people follow, you know, you're pretty much like, this is a, this is a done deal, done deal. Yeah. Let's do the dance and uh, get him in the boat and then go after the next guy, you know, DBU. Let's shake it. And then all of a sudden we hear that the Philip Riley detective train is losing steam and he's going to commit you know at a later point it seems like he's pushing it back so we're like all right i guess he just you know wants to see campus he wants to visit campus he'll probably commit somewhere after all of this is over fine cool i'm with it Mm -hmm. make the best decision you know for you and for the future of your career you know for your family and then seeing him uh come up notre dame two days ago or yesterday or whenever it was just like, what is going on? Did he just receive this offer? It seems like they weren't even in consideration. And then, I mean, Notre Dame built on, you know, legacy. It's a name brand. Everyone knows Notre Dame. They've got an extreme football history, but as far as putting defensive backs in the NFL, I don't see them getting the competitive edge over Virginia tech. It's not like we lost Philip Riley to, you know, a Florida or a Texas or an LSU with, you know, that are all at the top of those uh, tech sideline DBU interception graphics that we always see. So that was frustrating. And another thing, I mean, maybe, maybe the recruiting pitch was this new NCAA uh, NIL name image likeness type where these schools that have massive brands and massive followings all over the country are going to be able to probably pitch that more than a Virginia tech that's in a smaller market. But that's, those are kind of the things that were initially running through my head. Matei, I want to, I want to ask you something about, you know, 24 seven, which is obviously a world that, that you're very much involved in. A crystal ball is not necessarily a crystal ball. A crystal ball necessarily is, Hey, We've had conversation with this kid. We've had conversations with other kids that know this. That this isn't just Steve Wolfong saying, you know what? Like, I woke up this morning and I really feel like Philip Riley's going to go to Virginia Tech this morning. What goes into that? I mean, these these are messages being sent out by kids that they're going somewhere. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's there's big conversations around crystal balls. And I think we're all taking pride as a network that we want our hit rate to be around a hundred percent. And we're not just throwing them in like we used to in the past. And, uh, you know, we were around like 75% that now it's like, we're waiting on the word that this guy is coming to Virginia tech. And then we're putting in that crystal ball. And Philip Riley tweeted out something like I've made up my mind. He tagged Steve Wiltfong in that tweet. He told Steve directly, 
I'm coming to Virginia Tech. I'm going to commit on my birthday, which was Wednesday, like April 22nd. He starts sending out uh, DMs to all tech commits saying, guys, I'm coming here. This is happening. And, you know, we all follow train. We all put in a crystal ball. We're like, okay, done deal. Four-star guy coming to Virginia Tech. We find out he never spoke to the staff, which is a major red flag. You can't commit without committing to the actual staff. And then, and then he tells Steve Wiltfong right before he's about to announce, hey, I'm delaying my decision. And we're all like, okay, this is a very weird case. And I have to say, there's a lot of kids right now that you know want to commit. There's a lot of kids that don't know where they want to go because they haven't taken any visits. And it's just a strange ordeal. And this isn't just Philip Riley and Virginia Tech. This is happening all over the country. So this this guy says, you know, I know where I'm going to go. Then says, you know what? I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to take my visits. I'm going to see where I want to go. Maybe it's Washington. Maybe it's Oregon. Maybe it's Tech. You know, he said the day after that he was supposed to announce, Tech is still number one on my list. A, you know, a week, two weeks later, Notre Dame comes out of nowhere and he decides, you know what, this is the fit for me. Like this, that's what's going on right now. And that's, that's evidence of a guy that, you know, you say, okay, we're happy committed to Notre Dame as a Notre Dame fan, but how much stock can you really put into that? How much is he really committed to that program? I'm glad you said that. It's May 6th. You're 200, almost 250 days away from signing day and 24 seven put out a great article that Pat, uh, that Pat was able to check out. Pat, so talk to me a little bit about the lay of the land with numbers of kids committed. There's a weird statistic that you pointed out for me here. Yes, this article was posted on 24-7 uh, 11 hours ago. It's, uh, it's 10.04 p.m. on Wednesday, so I guess 11 a.m. on Wednesday by Bud Elliott, who's a uh, staffer of the Georgia on the Georgia board. And he tweeted out or he put out there that as of May 6th, so today, there are 627 committed recruits in this 2021 class, 627 kids. This day last year, there were less than half of that, 302 in the class of 2020. May 6th, two years ago, 2018, there were 243 verbal commits from the rising senior class. And three years ago, as of May 6th, 299. So 299, 243, 302, and then this huge spike in 2020 at 627 kids with verbals. And you know that these are happening so fast and these kids are home and not doing much. But Matej, if you could tell us a little bit more about like what, what these guys are thinking and what's going through the mind of a recruit and you know, in that decision-making process at this time. Yeah, and I know we'll go into it a little bit later, but I think that's where the joke of all these silence are coming from because every kid right now is sitting at home. They're either working out, eating, playing Fortnite. I don't know. But all they think about is, you know, the 50 coaches that are texting them saying, we want you so badly. And all those coaches having so much extra time to watch film on these kids and these kids feel pressured right now. They want some entertainment in their lives. They want to get those likes, those followers up. They want to put something on the Twitter, a little commitment post, a little edit, and say, look, you know, this is my home. Like, everyone look at me. And, 
you know, right now, I think all these guys, and you can look at a lot of cases, they haven't even visited that school. You know, they haven't been there in flesh. They haven't, you know, seen a game. Maybe they have a relationship for a few years over text messages, but is that enough to make, you know, a 40-year decision? So I think right now, just with the coronavirus going around and uh, being at home all the time, being on lockdown, it's a sense of excitement for these guys. And I think a lot of them are buying into the hype of, you know, getting that, that around them. And yeah, it's just, it's a lot of kids making decisions solely based on what they're experiencing right now. And I don't, and that's extremely transparent and extremely true. And I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a slight. Everybody, I mean, this whole thing is, is is crazy. You know, you go from being, you know, the most, you know, sometimes the most sought after player in an entire state. You're doing seven on sevens. Coaches are coming out to see you. You're getting to see campuses and you're bored. You're sitting in a house all day and you're looking for something to do. And every time, you know, when you commit somewhere, you're going to get 2,000, 3,000 followers, you're going to get thousands of retweets, thousands of likes, you're a big man on campus. And even when you decommit, you're going to get kids. I mean, you saw it today. You see people tweeting at, at, at Neville, War Eagle. You got people tweeting at, you know, D. It's, it's, it's just fun and it's another way of interacting and another way of feeling important. And again, that's not a slight. That's just human nature. That's how it works. The only dudes in the class that I committed with that truthfully did not care about that were Eric Gallo and Marshawn Williams. But that's not your average kid. So glad that you mentioned silent commits. Before we get into silent commits, I would like you just to give me, I don't, I don't want to know who it is. I just want, what is a, what is, what is that? What is a silent commit? Please, what is the textbook definition here? By my definition, it is a recruit that has told the coaching staff, I am coming to Virginia Tech. It means they have an edit made. They have some sort of timeline in their minds. I don't know what timeline that is, apparently, but it, the decision has been made. They told the staff they've essentially locked down a spot in the Virginia Tech recruiting class, but they're not ready to unveil that to the public. Here's my thing. That's not a thing. It's like jumbo shrimp. It's like, I don't know, whatever the other oxymorons you can think of. I'm so angry I can't think of any. A commitment means you are committed to said entity, okay? I don't want to hear anymore anybody, whether it be in the program, outside the program, on the message boards, whatever. If, According to William Raymond Mitchell, if you are committed silently, you are not committed. And here's my standpoint on that, and I'm talking to other recruits here. Look, if you want to go to a school, that's fine. If you have decided that a school you want to go to is a school that you want to go to, great, fantastic. If you want to put it out at a certain standpoint, that's fine too. But it to me, where I want to go, I want to have as many other good dudes going to that school. I want to continue to keep the ball moving, continue the momentum rolling. Who's to know what happens with uh, with D Davis or you know with some of our other classes if that momentum continues? Because everybody's looking at where their rankings are, everybody's reading the perceptions, and everybody's reading the message boards. Kids too. So if if you're silently committed. Hey, if I'm a coach, I'm like, I don't know if you haven't told six different coaches that you're silently committed to that school. What is preventing you from stamping and saying like, hey, I'm excited. I'm going here. Who's who's joining me? Who's next? And that's what got the Texas to VT thing really rolling in the first place was the was D Davis. People forget he was the first guy ever 
and the Texas to VT movement back after the Wake Forest game. And, and then that momentum picked up and he was vocal. He was the most vocal dude out there about Texas to Virginia Tech. So this whole eyeballing thing and, and tweeting at other dudes and, hey, where are we going? Like, that's, that's not my cup of tea. If you're committed somewhere, bring somebody else with you. The C.J. Revises are the guys that I come back of and think and, and, the, uh, and the Cam Phillips, all the dudes that were recruiting other guys to go and were on you about getting to Virginia Tech is the reason why other people join. Pat, I mean, companies don't deal with that. Like, you get an offer letter and it's like, yo, sign here or we're going to go find somebody else. It's unbelievable because it feels like, you know, if you're silently committed, then it leads me to believe that you have this hidden agenda elsewhere. And, you know, you are, you have your irons in the fire elsewhere. And, ha- and how does, how does this work, Matei? So, so when you have somebody that's, that's, let's, let's walk through like the typical commitment, right? Cause I remember when I did it, um, I had told Evan back in the day and, and Jason Stam and, and all these other guys, I was like, Hey, I'm going to Virginia tech. I'm going to say it tomorrow. Um, everybody writes up their articles, puts in their crystal balls, and then it goes like that. Granted, I wasn't your, you know, number one player in Texas or anything, but that's kind of the procedure. How is that kind of how it goes now? Or or is it more kind of, you're in the dark? How does it typically work? Yeah, I mean, that's usually the case with most recruits that they'll tip us off before they're about to announce. And they'll say, look, I'm going to do it this day. You know, Philip Riley was one of them. Uh, had articles ready for him. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty standard process. It's you've already made that commitment to the coaching staff. They know it's coming. Now it's about you having your day, having your time to shine in all the glory. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just address what's ha- We're going to address the situation. Here's the situation. D Davis was the cornerstone of this class. There's no way around it. A big reason why other people are committed to Virginia Tech is because of D. Davis. D. Davis was one of the most vocal human beings. Matei, you've spoken to D. Davis multiple times. This dude was about as Virginia Tech as Virginia Tech could get, was he not? He was. He was indeed. And he really had some real momentum going there. He even tweeted, Pat, we had a tweet back from December. What did, what did this man say in the Twitter sphere? Uh, so 12-13-2019. Right around Christmas time. Stop trying to use VT for clout if you ain't serious about going there with like a, a sleeping emoji. All right. You know, we were talking about the Philip Riley thing. You know, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? A little odd. This D Davis thing was fishy. Pat, did you, you smell something? It just doesn't seem very conventional that he could be so on board the hokey train full steam ahead, you know, from committing in November verbally posting that tweet in December. This man was all in. He's still getting looks. He's getting calls from people. And up until two weeks ago, you know, he's still saying at Travion Henderson, Hey, look at that stadium in the back. Why are you wearing an Ohio state Jersey in lane stadium? What are you doing for it? To just flip for this switch to flip so quickly. It doesn't really add up but I don't know how to put my finger on it. And it's like, you know, what, what necessarily is, are his motives or his family's motives? But hey, do you have any like insight or thoughts of, you know, behind maybe peculiar behavior? Yeah. Just before I begin, you know, Demetrius Davis, great kid. I have a lot of respect for him. Great football player. And, you know, it, it truly is like a dagger to the gut because this guy was all Virginia Tech. 
He was tweeting at Virginia Tech recruits. He wanted to bring as many guys as he could to Virginia Tech. And, you know, to the to the outside world, today looks like an instance that it just happened. You snap your fingers and all of a sudden he's decommitted. Whereas in reality, this is something that's been coming for a few weeks. And, you know, it, it's tough sometimes to get quality reads on what exactly is going on up to the minute with these guys because a lot of the times you're hearing things that you want to hear you're hearing good things about Virginia Tech obviously he's not going to make a sudden move if he doesn't have something else planned so for the past two weeks I would say there's been a lot of chatter about Auburn and Auburn was feeling very good about Demetrius Davis and we kind of suppressed all that talk and you know he was still actively recruiting for Virginia Tech And it just kept continuing. And there was warning signs. You know, he took out Virginia Tech commit from his bio. And I know maybe that's a minuscule thing. Who really cares about, you know, social media headers or whatnot? But, you know, these warning signs continue to add up. He started following Auburn players. Auburn started feeling really good. They were in constant communication. Again, we're in a quarantine. You know, these top-tier recruits are getting 600-plus messages on their iPhones per day from these coaches. They're talking every single day. And, you know, over time, I think with the dominoes falling the wrong way, we talked about Philip Riley not committing to Virginia Tech. You talk about Travion Henderson, the top guy in Virginia, choosing to go to a school he's never visited in Ohio State. You know, Demetrius Davis all of a sudden is realizing this is a lot harder to be a headliner of this class because I want to make that change, but not enough things are happening around me to make that change. And I think he started listening to Auburn a little bit more. Now, he's still uncommitted. I did submit a crystal ball for Auburn. And, you know, I I think that the talks are starting to accelerate. And I think D's a smart enough kid that you don't make a move to decommit, especially as a quarterback, ensuring your spot within a class if you don't have your next move figured out. So we got to talk pivot now. Um, And Tech did have an active day. and and. This is in no way me looking for beef with anybody. I thought it was funny that, that Coach Glover had to weigh in. We offered a quarterback today from San Antonio, Texas. And uh, Latrell Neville comments, uh, that's interesting. It's actually not that interesting because when you lose a quarterback, you generally want to have another quarterback ready to go. And um, Coach Glover, as he could, just shoved his opinion right in there. But whatever, everybody wants to comment on everything. So what has Tech done in the last 12 hours since this has happened? What have been the ripple effects uh, in terms of offers going out or interest? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has been tough on Tech's side. And listen, you know, I know all the fans are disappointed right now. The coaches are just as disappointed in this happening. And obviously, you know, I think it's really tough when you get, you know, one of the best recruits in the country so early on, and you have to battle every single day against top flight programs. You know, when you when you think about Virginia Tech, it's usually they're making a late push for one of these guys, a Doug Nestor, Dax Hollyfield, you know, even Devin Hunter. He was a guy that committed a few weeks before signing day, you know, Tech steadily battling back. So, you know, it is tough because you get a guy so early and you're committing to him. You know, it's a mutual commitment. Virginia Tech's not going out there and throwing around quarterback offers while Demetrius is in the boat. So once that happened, you know, instantly it felt like Virginia Tech offered Lucas Coley a three-star quarterback out of San Antonio. He's a guy that they've been monitoring for a while, but obviously didn't think they'd get to this point where 
Demetrius would decommit, but you know, Virginia Tech has to find a quarterback in this class. It's essential. And, you know, they're targeting one quarterback. And now it's just a matter of, you know, going back to evaluations, finding guys. And I will say this, you can't spin it any other way. Losing Demetrius is a terrible, terrible loss. It could be something that maybe you don't climb back from if you don't get the right pieces. But the one thing that Virginia Tech does do well is they identify really good quarterbacks. They've done it Hendon Hooker, Quincy Patterson, Braxton Burmeister, Gerard Evans out of JUCO. You know, there's a lot of guys on that list that Virginia Tech can point to and say, look, we found a good quarterback that's capable of bringing Virginia Tech to winning the ACC Coastal, going to the ACC Championship game. But now with this speed bump in the road, you have to get back out there, use what you've used before to find these guys and get them in the boat as soon as possible. And we've done, like you said, we've we've done a good job at that. And, you know, I think it's somewhere in the middle, right? I think, you know, having talented guys is obviously what you want. But I think tech for the for the for the meanwhile is gonna have to switch to really analyzing and finding those diamonds in the roughs again. And and I think something that people might get discouraged with is if we get a three-star recruit or we don't watch the film before you say anything. I think that's something that's kind of a lost art here is when somebody commits, you just look at the composite ranking and you're like, Oh, well this guy sucks. This guy's good. You know, like when somebody commits to our school, there's a lot that goes into analyzing this as a player, analyzing this kid as an individual, analyzing this kid. I know that from our staff at least, right? Cause tech just doesn't, just doesn't throw offers out. Um, so what goes on in the next, these next two to three weeks, we need to build up some more momentum. I think the state of Virginia is important and I haven't been as vocal with that, but when this Texas thing potentially falling, uh, through the cracks here, got to get on the good side of Virginia. Yeah, you, you absolutely have to, that's your bread and your butter. And, um, we, we have to get into good graces with that. One thing that we kind of talked about earlier and we got away from Pat is, selling Virginia Tech over Zoom is is really freaking hard and i know that every that every college is challenged with that but you know when i committed to virginia tech and when you hear a lot of other people talk about why they committed to virginia tech it's the family atmosphere it's the student life it's the new river valley and as much as i love and i respect the daryl tap videos around campus and they're great and i love them um they're not getting that human to human interaction they're not being able to meet the incredible people like Professor Wordelik, who we had on last week, who's just super passionate about the school, super passionate about um, what the degree means. So, Pat, both of us are coming from New Jersey, and that's what sold me. So, I think selling Virginia Tech over Zoom is extreme is just a huge challenge that we're facing. If I'm Demetrius Davis or I'm Latrell Neville or another kid that's on the fence and I've never been there, and a Notre Dame comes a calling or an Auburn comes a calling, and I've seen that campus, I know how good they are. It's very difficult to combat that. I, for one, you know, can speak to that family atmosphere, but it's an intangible thing that you are not going to see over a Zoom call when you're in the room and shaking hands with these coaches. And, uh, you know, we got four or five guys on the staff who played at Virginia Tech and they can really vouch for that family atmosphere. You know, this is home, all that. There are programs across the entire, you know, all across the country that preach the same this is home atmosphere. But then you have schools who, are in the SEC. The SEC West is the best uh, division in America. If you get a chance to play in the SEC with four and five star talent all around you and you're Demetrius Davis, mind you, Demetrius's offensive line 
and wide receivers are all power five talent. You jump right over to Auburn and you say, wow, I'm not going to have to really lift a finger. These guys are going to be just as good as uh, the, the competition in high school as far as I'm going to go run up the score, put up some unreal stats, and maybe even walk out of here you know, with a, a first-team all-conference or playoff bid or a Heisman Trophy. Um, so those things that these SEC schools have and these Blue Bloods and the Notre Dames who have that name brand recognition are going to – frankly, do better than Virginia Tech in a, in a place where you can't physically get on campus, see the Blue Ridge Mountains, walk around campus, see the facilities, get a feel for the coaches, meet with professors, all of that. You can't just do that all in one swoop on a Zoom call. We can do as much as we can and try our hardest in that regard, but it's not going to be the same thing. Matei, talk to me about these next two weeks. What is important for Tech what is realistic for Tech for what we can expect? Who, who are some got names that we should watch out for? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's going to be tough to rebound from Demetrius. And I think that, you know, if Virginia Tech does get some commits in, in these next few weeks, it will be overshadowed by that news. But, you know, Virginia Tech has to keep chugging along. I mean, you can't stop here. Uh, it's over 200 days till signing day. Uh, and it's a massive class for Virginia Tech. There's a lot of spots to be filled out. Um, you know, some names, Jalen Jones, three-star wide receiver out of Richmond. I'm really high on this guy. I think he's nearing a decision, and I think it will ultimately be Virginia Tech. Um, he's a guy that, you know, they need four wide receivers right now. And, uh, you know, we talk about the Texas 2VT and how Davis could have effects on Neville. You know, I don't think he's going to stick around too much longer so getting a wide receiver in there will definitely soften the blow a guy that I think has big play potential and I think fans will love unfortunately again you know there's a lot of three stars out there that I think really love Virginia Tech and they won't get the proper credit that they deserve and I don't want to spin it and say these guys are going to change the program because I think they can all be very good players Uh, but it's just unfortunate with you know this news is going to linger a little while longer but I think there still are good prospects out there that Virginia Tech has a very high chance at getting. Yeah, so Mateo, you mentioned 200 days till signing day. A lot is going to happen between now and then. Obviously, you know, Sons of Saturday, we like to put a positive spin on things. And if you're going to make fun of us for it, go ahead. But this, this fight is not over. There are over 600 commits already uh, verbally committed from the class of 2021. Again, at this point last year, they were less than half of that. So decommitments are going to be flying off of shelves. Matei, why are they going to be flying off shelves? Yeah, I mean, you look at the guys that are committing right now and even scrolling through the timeline today after the Demetrius news, you know, I saw a bunch of different prospects just committing and you can read article after article about them. A lot of these guys haven't visited campus. And, you know, like I was saying before that, you know, you can't make this four-year decision or 40-year decision, whatever you want to call it, off of a few text messages that you need to build a genuine relationship. You need to be there in person. You need to see things with your own eyes, bring your parents around, get everyone involved, see what's going on, see what a game day is like. And I, I just feel like there's going to be so many decommitments coming up 
there's going to be a shortened season if there is one for high school football. These guys are going to be grinding in the weight room every day. They're going to have to do extra practices, schoolwork, you name it. And every single school in the country is going to be vying for a visit on any given Saturday or Sunday. So it's going to be really tough to get everyone sorted out with this shortened time period that, you know, the first signing day may not take all those signees. I think there's going to be a lot of uncommitted prospects by the time that, you know, the real signing day comes about. And I think it's really important to stay in the mix throughout it all. And think about how difficult this is from a, from an evaluation standpoint, right? So coaches typically get to go to different high schools and pop in in the weight room or pop in at practice or pop in at spring practice and say, oh, there's that kid we're thinking about offering. Yeah, you know, he actually is 6'3". Or, oh, there's that kid that we're thinking about offering. He's not 300 pounds. He's 240 and he's six foot flat, you know? So it's going to be really interesting to see offers flying around and decommitments flying around. So the last couple of things, you know, that I wanted to talk, touch on. And Matei, it's always great having you on. We love, we love bringing you in. You bring great insight and you do great work. So really appreciate that. Um, just wanted to talk about some of the other stuff that we have going on. Twitter was out of control today. The boards were out of control today. And I don't, I don't know why this has to continuously be repeated. Like, people, recruits see what you say. I was having a DM conversation with, um, with a member on Twitter today. And I don't understand how it's not understood that recruits do care about what's on the timeline. If you don't think so, go look at our boy Travion Henderson's timeline. They see all of this stuff. And when you constantly are just putting it out there into the ether, hiding behind a name that isn't your name and a, you know, stupid AV, um, we don't like, they're going to see it. So that's extreme toxicity that just drives me crazy. Um, and Pat, we've talked about this, the fired up that you're right, that something wrong happened. Talk to me about that. There's a entire cohort of these people on Twitter. It's like they've, um, they've built up all of these drafts that they've saved from the last six months. And they're saving all these receipts as well of, you know, where other people, uh, went against what's about to unfold and then they're like, oh, just wait what's going to happen. Wait what's going to happen. And then it happens. You know, Demetrius Davis decommits from Virginia Tech. And these people are like, yeah, yeah, we told you so. Like, you heard it here first. Like, and then they just rip on Fuente. They rip on the staff. They rip on Texas to VT. They rip on positive-sided Twitter. And it's just like, what type of people are you that you get excited when things go wrong? Like, were you like this in Frank Beamer's last four years when we couldn't do anything on the field? And I, I don't remember that tox, toxicity. Is that the word? Um, so that was frustrating. And it's like every single one of these people on the internet, it's like they want to be Don V. Don V is one is of one. One of one. He is one of one. He's the hilarious guy that he can be anti-Fuente. He can be anti-this, anti-that. But we respect it because he is absolutely hilarious. And it's like these other guys are trying to go and be on, do whatever they can to be cool with Don V. It's very interesting, very sad. And it's like, what are You're we doing? You're not even good at it. You're not good at yeah. it. You're not even Let funny. Stop. Goodness With that being said, man. why are we getting excited about bad news? With that being said, I can't wait for the day. My dream, my nirvana is the day 
where I tap in, tap into a Don V live and it's positive Don V. That's going to be a good day. I don't know when that day's coming, but hopefully it's, it, it's coming soon. And then in addition to that, you know, I don't know when Virginia Tech football became Tennessee fans or we just had to be, you know, completely rampant and have these super high unrealistic expectations. But if you are in the camp of we need to fire this coach right now and, you know, there goes the neighborhood and we are in such a terrible position because Demetrius Davis is decommitting, um, I think it's completely irrational if a guy like Demetrius decommits it's us not being able to close. Look at Auburn. Look at Virginia Tech. They are two completely different programs on two completely different planes. Auburn is elite. Here's the reality. We are not. I know it's great to want more. I'm going to want more as well. I'm going to be critical of this, uh, this recruiting class when it's all said and done, but we're not Auburn. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say lower expectations over the course of forever, too. It's, it's a chicken before the egg thing. Coach Fonte's job is to win football games. Coming into the 2020 season, I am fired up about the squad that we have. I'm fired up about Head and Hooker, fired up about our young offensive line. I'm fired up about the guys that we have coming back. So I'm excited for the 2020 campaign. His job is to win football games. On the flip side, the recruiting job and the assistant coach's job and ultimately Coach Fonte's job as well is to land good recruiting classes. We need to win this year. I think we're going to win this year. If you feel a different way, that's fine. But arguing and getting all upset and saying that the coaches aren't closing because a player is choosing to go to a program that was a playoff contender last year, just is, is nonsensical, right? And as we said earlier, the selling points that are going to separate Virginia Tech are being on campus, meeting these coaches, going through Coach Hilgard's weightlifting program uh, presentation, meeting the Professor Wordelix, meeting these coaches and meeting the players. So that puts us at a, a disadvantage. But again, the job is to get the job done. Matei. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, there are sky-high expectations right now that a lot of people want Virginia Tech to be a top 20 class nationally every single year. And I think right now, people are making the jump from Virginia Tech being very good to elite, and you can't skip steps here. I think Virginia Tech has to get the talent that, They've gone, you know, they've had good cycles before that even if they're ranked 24th or 26th, you know, getting a handful of four-star guys, building up the rest of the class with guys that the staff has identified early, just because they aren't a four-star doesn't mean they can't become great players. But ultimately, I think you have to master being very good before you can make that jump to elite. And right now, Virginia Tech, you know, fans at least are skipping expectations. So you know, maybe it's something that fans don't want to hear, but I, I think, you know, you have to take it step by step here. And to ride off that one last point that I'd like to make, because it'd be off brand if we didn't make this point. If you're not in the Hokie Club and you're complaining about not being a legitimate legacy top 20 program, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't. I do not want to hear what you have to say. Look at the LSUs. Look at Clemson. I saw on the timeline today, Clemson hasn't always been great. Clemson just became great. No, Taj Boyd didn't just pop out and say, I'm going to Clemson. No, Clemson had great facilities because of Ipte. LSU is awesome, not just because everybody was like, hey, let's go to LSU, 
Look at who goes back to LSU and supports this program. Aside from the entire state funding this damn school, it's like the only thing that comes out in the green. You got Odell Beckham going back. You got um, the Honey Badger going back. Reuben Randall. You got everybody from LSU that is around the program. We need more excitement. We need more cool. We need more energy around this program. And that includes you silent commits. Silent commits. Get in the boat. Kids that are in the Hokie Club. Get in the Hokie Club. If you're a student, join the Student Hokie Club. Shout out to my man, Grant Watson. Pat, any closing thoughts, man? Zoom out. Yes. Signing day, 200 days away. We are going to see decommitments fly off the shelves. You think the transfer portal is bad? Just wait until the decommitment transfer portal fires (laughs) up. Because I'm telling you, watch out. Especially after we beat Penn State. I'm telling you right now. We're also playing golf with Laser, John Laser and Paul Torek next Friday, and I'm fired up about that. We're coming to Blacksburg, and uh, we're going to get Sharkies where good friends go, and it's going to be a better week. Sons of thing. balls down the fairway. This is, this is the valley. We're about to hit a, uh, hit a peak next week. You got to have that mentality, or why are you even getting out of bed in the morning? Matei, where can we follow you? Where can we listen to you? Where can we read you? At S two four seven on Twitter, I encourage you all to follow me there. Um, and vtscoop.com, uh, myself, Evan, Doug Bowman, uh, we're all pumping out content in these trying times. Uh, it may be the off season, but hopefully, you know, an article or two will brighten up your day. And uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone, stay well, stay healthy, stay distant. We will talk to you soon. Right.